Hello and welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wetland. This is episode 57. Why are soft skills so hard? Probably because they're like vital to our success. Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. So today I want to talk about soft skills because I've been working with organizations around employee development and leadership for over 30 years. And you know what? I have rarely faced performance issues that have to do with just a pure lack of technical knowledge or the actual capacity to do the job that an individual is just not the right fit based on either their mental or physical capabilities. I have, however, experienced an overwhelming amount of challenges in the soft skills gaps. And I bet you have too. Do you know anybody who has high IQ and low emotional intelligence or poor communication skills? Or what about all the people we talked about last week that love the workplace drama have no clue? Yeah. At their core, these are the skills that define how you work and how you interact with other people, which is really at the crux of everything we do. Soft skills are important in all roles and in all organizations. So I often wonder why they're even called soft, which sounds really fluffy when in fact there are so many times that these skills are the difference between success and failure. And that is precisely why they are so hard. They are hard to define. They're actually quite squishy and difficult to prioritize. And when you think about it, what do you want or what does your organization care about? Because in terms of what's important, communication, teamwork, collaboration, professionalism, work ethic, problem solving, motivation, engagement, I mean, would you say no to any of those? And all of those are soft skills. Probably not. We probably would not say no to any of them. Soft skills make an effective employee. They provide us with the tools that we need to create strong and powerful relationships. They give us leadership impact and the ability to motivate and influence the power to inspire. But again, they are so hard because there are so darn many of them to learn and master. And knowing which are the most important for the job you have, but also thinking about the job that you want or you aspire to have in the future, how in the world do you get these vital skills? Sometimes your employer helps you out and does the heavy lifting for you. 
And if that happens, it's great because then it gives you a roadmap for your success. I've had the pleasure of working and being involved in the development of competency models a lot over the years. And these kind of competency models give us a good framework of the skills or knowledge required in jobs or within an organization. And that organizational approach, I think, is super helpful because then it means that there's a definition of the skills that everyone needs to demonstrate to be successful in the organization. And I have to say, I love that process. I love the definitions and the scrutiny of it all, the choices, the options, and what is selected, the prioritization, which I think is essential because we cannot expect every employee to demonstrate every soft skill effectively. And by not having some type of standard, that's kind of what we're saying. Go out and be good at communication and teamwork and collaboration and professionalism and decision-making, problem-solving and blah, 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 without any clarity about what is most essential. I think we set people up to fail by doing that. And then when we do get to the process of defining and prioritize, then we can also assess and train which is, of course, at the core of what I've been doing for decades. So in my unbiased perspective, this is incredibly valuable. But it really is, because the bigger reason why it's so important, this process is so valuable, is because then there's a path for employees to follow. And when I used to lead employees, it gave me a roadmap for success and career development of my employees. It gave me a roadmap to coach. And that's what we want, right? A map to growth and mastery, particularly younger generations. And I think creating an environment in which we know how to contribute and how to grow, this is an employment differentiator. And the ability to master new skills is intrinsically motivating and leads to improved engagement. For all of these reasons, defining soft skills is crucial. But again, it's hard to do because the task and the process of doing it can be overwhelming. So here is a process to follow. And I'm going to give you six steps. And if you're in an HR role, here's a roadmap for you. But even if you're a manager and you want a blueprint to coach, do this. And if you're an individual contributor that you're trying to figure out how to grow in your job, you can also seek guidance on this path. Number one, you need to engage the top leaders and performers to define those most critical soft skills that drive success in your particular industry or organization. And to be most effective, you really want this framework to be reflective of the characteristics and the qualities or skills that have led others to success. What What do the best of the best do? What makes them successful? Identify those best practices and then tease out the skills and competencies needed for the job. Number two is prioritize that list. Man, this involves a lot of scrutiny, but selecting the ones that are most valuable and most vital is an important part of the process because sometimes organizations pick way too many competencies. And that's not only overwhelming, but selecting like 20 competencies is unrealistic in the sense of, well, like who's going to even remember them? And how do you possibly master that many competencies? I think in this case, less is better. And I would say the ideal for competency models is between four and seven. 
The third step in this process is to define each of those competencies behaviorally, meaning define what makes each of them actionable. The definition needs to be clear and easy to communicate. Chances are something like communication will probably make the list, but what elements of communication are the most essential? Is it listening skills, assertive communication, written, facilitation, collaboration, presentation? This list alone can be endless. So we need to identify the key factors that are most essential for success in each of the competency areas. Step number four is then weaving that competency framework and the skills that you've identified into the organizational fabric, meaning performance and salary reviews, communications, learning and development, manager training, hiring practices, reward system. I have seen far too many models being developed and then you know what? Crickets. It's used only by HR rather than the masses. Particularly, managers need this information because they're essential to coaching around these skills. I believe this needs to be part of the language of the organization. It needs to be communicated and reinforced and understood that this is a key to success. Step number five is when providing learning experiences, reinforce those same skills that will be developed during the training. Tie this to why it's important to the organization, the customers, the team, and the individual. Help employees see and understand why these skills and behaviors will lead to their success. They're going to be much more likely than to transfer them and to apply them on the job. And then step number six, and this is just the culmination of all of this, is we must continuously reinforce the competency and expectations whenever and however we can. And then do it some more because information right now, I think in our work environment is so overwhelming. Information overload is rampant and we need more focus and clarity. Soft skills are hard because there is a lack of clarity in what is essential. And when everything is important, nothing is important. So if you're responsible for learning, HR, or organizational development, drive this process. It can provide great direction and clarity to your actions, to your goals, and to your purpose. If you're a manager and this isn't defined in your organization, define it for your team. You will be a better coach. You will have a more motivated, engaged team if you do this for them and if you provide a blueprint for their success. If you're an individual contributor and you don't know this information, seek it out. Find out what makes people in your organization successful from a soft skill perspective, and then tackle the hard job of learning the soft skills. Because you know what? I don't think I ever remember regretting learning a soft skill. Do you? Thanks for listening today. Please share this podcast with others you think would benefit from it. And join me next time. If you have ever held a grudge, oh boy, or haven't forgiven someone, we're going to tackle what that's doing to your stress.